Cuts it back. Ohio State wins. I put my heart in this Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Really on the field, a touchdown is confirmed. Fourth and two now. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. No way. Kentucky wins. Welcome to the Peace of Mind podcast. I'm uh, Kevin Jackson. As always, I'm with AJ Nance. Yes, sir. It's official. College football is back. We got to watch two not so beautiful games last uh, the last weekend and week zero of college football. And um, I don't know how to describe it. It was like drunk fast food. Like it's horrible for you. Really, was not that great, but you enjoyed every second of it. Just made you feel better inside. Absolutely, yeah, pretty much White Castle. Yeah, I'm gonna be pretty harsh on. uh, (laughs) uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm really, really down on the state of Florida. If anybody comes at me and like Florida is probably like a top three state for football, like nah. Like, get out of here. Florida college football is mediocre at best. I'm just talking about in general. And to be honest with you, like, they produce, they probably at best produce like seven on seven. I I shouldn't say that at best, but they produce mostly seven on seven talent. Like, I get what you're referencing, but I think. I get what you're trying to say. I think that part of that is incorrect because I think the state of Florida collegiately football is not very good right now. But you got the majority of the good to great talent that's coming out of there is not staying in the state of Florida. I mean, that's true, but like, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I'd really like to see the best players in America. I want to see, like, I want a list of the best players from the state of Florida that are on other I mean, teams. I'm sure there's something out there like that. But I, like, I, I mean, it's always a toss up. Like, you say they produce seven on seven stars. Like, the state of Wisconsin gets all those great linemen. And it's like, yeah, that's, those are, physical animals, but they still end up going like eight and four, nine and three. So like there's still like a, a balance to it. Like you have to have both still. Oh, no doubt. Most definitely. Um, but I mean, uh, well, but you say Wisconsin, Wisconsin has been far more successful than, uh, you know, any school. I mean, you could argue us, you UCF is the only school that can compare them. And like, they're probably their last five success in the last five years. Uh, I, I put Florida up there. Their success in the last five years? How many league title yeah, games I have they played? I, um, and I'm not going to buy the whole the SEC. They play in the SEC. Like, they play in the SEC East. Like, All right. I mean, what, Missouri went to two. Georgia went to the last three. Florida Was Florida in there on one? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe no, they one. Were, if they I had. think they were one. I think they were in one. I think they lost to Alabama, and they just could not throw the ball. I remember. Yeah. I don't remember who their quarterback was. But I mean, even I, 
I mean, yeah, Wisconsin played in it, and they got thumped by 60. Like, does it matter? Oh, well, I mean, they, they, they played in it two years ago as well. They went into it 12-0 and undefeated two years ago. I mean, you could – yeah, but you say – like you say SEC East, and you say like you don't buy it that it's SEC, but you could also say like uh, Wisconsin's in has been – in the lesser side of the conference. Oh, most definitely. Like and, they're, and they're, they're they, the it, conference is just not getting and, stronger. And they win it. Yeah. You know and I, and that's, not, that's not a knock on Wisconsin because, like, I mean, they thumped LSU when they played them. So it's like they've got good wins. But, I mean, like, you could say Florida has, hasn't been great, but last year they had 10 wins and they – and they beat up on well like, what I also what I'm saying is like nobody's knocking on the door of Wisconsin to produce national level talent. You know what I mean? For all the talent they have, the football's too mediocre. The state the, the collegiate state, absolutely. But I think that 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 goes back to your point of saying, like, I think what you meant to probably say was like collegiately their football's bad. Because for the state, if you're looking at that state that People well, here's would say the, I, I would to be honest with you. I mean, talent. like they have they have athletic kids, but the the talent leaves the state and they get produced into better players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd one hundred percent agree with that. They're and not necessarily that, producing football players. Like they're produ- like they're producing like the athletes are turning into football players at other schools. Well, I mean, like part of them being athletes is what helps them be good football players so that's i mean that's true but i like i'm yeah like we've had this argument before you like you're always going to err on the side of wanting a football player i'm going to err on the side of wanting an athlete well obviously i would say i want a like if i had to choose one, i want an athletic football player and like that's what you get at the top universities yeah you know what i mean yeah but like give me a kid give me a, like i'd rather have a football player than a kid that doesn't know but again, at the highest level, they're going to be some sort of football player, right? And it, and and again, when you say like they're going to these better schools out of the state, um, it, the the coaching level is better at those schools as well. So it's like I may get a guy that's not a very good football player, but that's a great athlete, and it's up to me to 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 nurture that kid into what I want him to be, into a better athlete. You know what I'm saying? I mean, into a better football player. Right. But still but still utilizing his athletic gifts. Right. Um yeah, I would I I'd rather take I'd rather take the football players and turn them into athletes. Now like I get it. Like there's some things you're just never going to be able to teach kids and I'm not like talking about those kids like you know what I mean? Like the the yeah. The God, like the the Ted Ginn Juniors, you know, the Percy Harvins, like you know, yeah. Ted Ginn Junior, like you got into his car in college and he had McDonald's all over the all the floorboard. You know what I mean? Like he, it it didn't matter. He was just going to show up and be yeah. great. Like, Percy, he wasn't. Percy wasn't going to practice, but then he'd play and he'd score three touchdowns. Um, I do. I'm looking I, at the last four years though, five years, but though, by the way. Mm-hmm. Last year, Florida. It should have been Missouri. It should have been Missouri. No, I'm just talking about Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. They went ten and three. Won the Peach Bowl. 2018. Last 2017, they went four and seven. 2016 and 15, they did win the East. 
Mm-hmm. They lost the Citrus Bowl and won the Outback Bowl. So they won the East, but their records were ten and four and nine and four. Gotcha. And then in 2014, they were seven and five. Okay. So they I mean, did. They did win the. Yeah. They did win the league twice. I think though one of the, gosh think- one of those years they just they could not like they played good defense against Alabama, but they just could they not couldn't. throw the ball. It was yeah. like embarrassing. That, it was like uh, watching a peewee team try to throw the football. One thing that I will say, and it's not so much a caveat for um, Florida. I just think in general, it's hard to break down and fairly assess a team, any team, um, first game of the season. Oh, that's um, true. That's true. I think that. You know, it's hard. Like they talk about it all the time, but it's hard to mimic uh, the 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 pace of play. It's hard to, you know, you don't want to beat up on your team consistently throughout camp. So it's hard to get those real true um, physical interactions while you're in camp, like against your own team. It's hard to um, it's hard to mimic speed and formations and things like that. Like it's just hard to to do that game one. Obviously, the the quality of game and 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 preparation and things like that will be better as you go forward because you have that additional um, film to, to not only coach yourself on but to look at your opponents and things like that. So, I mean, while there's some things and we'll get into it, there's some things we saw in the game um, that would be unsettling if I was a fan of some of these teams, but. Also, there were some. Th- I think some of it you just got to chalk up to first week kind of play. I'd agree. Yeah. So it, it felt like it felt like we were watching a week one of preseason football. But, yeah. So let's let's get into the games a little bit. Uh, we had uh, the first game of the year kicking off in Orlando, Florida. We had University of Miami playing the Florida Gators, and uh, in a sloppy. Game that seemed like nobody wanted to win at the end. Florida pulls away and wins uh, twenty four to twenty, and uh, did everything they could to lose that game. <laughs> but uh, eventually came up with the win. And then uh, for all of you true football fans to stay up to wait, uh, stay up late to watch the second game of the night, we had Hawaii pulling off the upset against the heavily favored Arizona Wildcats. Uh, what was the score of that game? I think it was 38-45 uh, Hawaii. 45-38. That's right. That's right. Uh, ending in dramatic fashion. So we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um, right off the bat, what what piqued your interest with the Florida-Miami game? There were some things that like really stood out to me in this game, and it's kind of wild, but the first thing that – the first thing that really like blaringly jumped off the page was ba- just poor tackling. Like I get it. Like we talked about all the things that you can't do um, and you can't mimic during camp, but tackling is fundamental. Like it's, it's square one of learning how to play football. And there was just a lot of bad tackling. I mean, it, just to look at the start of the game. Like, Miami, if Miami makes a tackle on a bubble pass, they don't give up a 66-yard touchdown. Like, just simple things. Um, I think that 
that was one thing that was like glaring to me that jumped off the page. I I, I was I was pretty decently impressed with Jaron uh, Williams for being a freshman. Like I thought that I thought that he played pretty well. I thought uh, he played really well, given the fact that I don't think his line played particularly well. I thought the coaches kind of really hindered him as the game went on. It's like they mm-hmm. had a game plan. And uh, maybe then they couldn't run the ball as well as they wanted to. Um, but, yeah, I thought right off the bat, Jaron Williams came out and, uh, you know, it was really kind of crazy, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say baby, but really had the training wheels on drive one and it showed. Mm-hmm. Dude was real sharp. But then as the game went on and they got into more passing situations, uh, it's the, you didn't see very many outlet throws or any outlet options. Um, you saw running backs wouldn't cut anybody. I mean, they're trying to block guys straight up. You saw left tackles uh, slow off the jump. Uh, couldn't you know? Couldn't handle the pass rush from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just you saw a lot of things that were it seemed to be poor off poor play calling and poor scheme. And poor execution that kind of put him behind the eight ball. Yeah. I um still though finished nineteen for twenty nine for two hundred and fourteen yards and a touchdown. Yeah, statistically he didn't play he didn't play bad. Um I will say one thing that kind of was disappointing because you hear I mean, I'm hopefully everybody saw the the Michael Irvin clip from this weekend, like him just getting like crazy riled up. Um pre like the Friday before the game. Um, and you see like all this passion from these Miami, Miami fans, but like just the small things kill Miami. Like you come down, you drive the ball straight down Florida's throat. And um, yeah, you didn't end in seven, but you get three with a, uh, a first time starting quarterback. It's like, that's, that's a huge positive for your team. Points on the opening drive period is a huge positive, but to do it with a with a red shirt freshman, like that's a big thing. And then you turn around and you get a three and out against Florida, and you don't seal the edge on a fake punt, and a punter picks up four, and they get another set of downs. And then they throw a little uh, a now bubble screen, and he gets upfield. You miss three tackles, and they score on a sixty six yard throwaway play, basically. And it's just like it's things like that, like. I don't want to hear like all your your glory day alums like get on the mic and like yell how you're back and stuff. Like prove it on the field. Show up and do what you're supposed to do. Like those are simple things. And Miami's never gonna get back to being great until they do those things. Yeah, another thing I thought that was really disappointing was uh Miami just going taking it way too far. With, you know, they got a new turnover chain. Oh, God. But then they brought out the the touchdown rings. (laughs) Man, like at some point, you got to realize, like, gimmicks don't win football games. They don't. Like, you can wear all the chains you want to, but, like, at the end of the day, you look foolish when you're wearing chains and you're losing games. Yeah, especially, like, when you're going to be so flashy and in your face about it. And every time you score, you're going to go straight to the cameras on the sidelines. And it's like, and then you lose. And then it's like, 
man, it's it, it, what it really reminds me of is Oregon football after Chip Kelly left. Mm-hmm. And it's like when everybody caught up to the gimmick, uh, you know, the, the, and it's not really a gimmick because it's truly effective, but the no huddle, it's like the, it's like, man, would you like, who gives a shit about your uniform? Just pick one, go win the games. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how cool your uniforms are when you're seven and five. You know what uh, I mean? Well, they could be dunking into a trash can on the sideline and really be looking terrible. So tell me about we'll that. We'll give them that. <laughs> um, you know, another thing I was like highly disappointed to see you bring back LaMichael P. Ryan and Felipe Franks, and neither one of them looked very, very much improved from last year. I mean, what Felipe Franks was 17 to 27 for 254. He had two touchdown passes, but he also had two picks. One was foolish. And then he also put one on the ground, too. Like they put a they put a bunch of footballs on the ground. They put a bunch of balls on the ground. It's just like, you know, and that to me that that to me doesn't bother me though. You know what I mean? It does kind of like the missed tackles. Like when it's week one, I get it. You're gonna miss tackles, you're gonna have penalties. Um, you're going to fumble the football. I get it. Like that stuff doesn't really bother me that much. You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things. Not from, not from my seasoned veterans. Well, that, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's supposed to be true. the leaders of my offense. Like right. you can't be like a prime starter who's supposed to be one of the, I would say people would argue he'd be two or three best quarterbacks in the East at least. Right. But like you could argue here, him or Garantano behind, um, from, but like, if you're, if you're supposed to be in that realm, you can't be playing this poorly and then go to the sideline to talk about like, I do this and stuff like that. Like, shut up and play. Like you throw for 506 touchdowns. Sure. Come over to the sideline, tell the camera you do this, but like you have a mediocre game, like sit your ass down and like focus on getting better. Like, I, that was frustrating as hell for me to see. And it's like, you you bring that attitude, like, that I do this into a game versus, like, a stalwart of a defense. Like, they're going to shut you up quick. It's yeah. going to look real – and you're going to be looking real funny in the light when you talk about I do this and, like, you ain't got 100 yards passing and multiple turnovers because stout defenses just aren't giving you bullshit. Like, he's a bullshit – like I said, a bullshit throw away and some poor tackling away from throwing for under uh, under 200 yards with two picks. Like, it's not good. It's not yep. good. I uh, want to give credit to where credit's due. Miami struggled to block, but this guy, DJ Dallas, number 13, mm-hmm. man. He's that a guy, boss. Yo, that guy runs so hard. He made plays. It's like when they needed a play, he stepped up. Oh yeah, I mean, what he had twelve Ks for for ninety five, like, and a yeah, you did make some touches. Yeah, like, and he, he, he had uh, he had four catches for thirty seven yards. He had that yeah, big but so, so that's total what? That's total of sixteen touches. Like, nah, he needs to be in the the twenty twenty five range, especially with the uh, freshman a red shirt freshman starter. Like, he needs some more touches. Yeah, and um, I mean, speaking of that, one Miami player, skilled player, thriving. Man, we got a tradition we're going to start here at, at Peace of Mind. 
when a um, you know when a play when a team's playoff chances are officially out, we're gonna play a little taps to memorialize and remember their their hopes and dreams. Well, Tate Martell, this taps goes out to you, buddy, because I think your college football career is probably officially over. So I hate to say it, but Tate Martell, this taps is for you, buddy. Mm. That's tough. Ten gun salute, twelve gun salute. How many? I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's thirteen gun salute. Thirteen gun salute. We'll shoot off. Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one gun, gun salute. There we go. Hey, we finally got there. So Tate uh, Martell had one rush for one negative one yard. Yeah, I. Um, that was. His, I, that was I didn't see power. him reference him being on the field very much either. I think um, when he first played, they they mentioned it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, man, he had a good thing going at Ohio State, and um, sometimes t- it the, sometimes see, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, man. Um, you know who I was I was very impressed with though for Florida, and we talk about like getting the ball to your playmakers, uh, Kadarius Tony, like he yeah. was a kid that that caught that that little. Um, it was his only touch of the game, and he took it for six – or that was his only reception of the game, and he took it for 66 yards. I think that uh, when you've got a guy who's that explosive, um, you got to try to find a way to get the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the other side of it. Yeah, that kid, that kid from Miami, uh, Brevin Jordan, mm-hmm. yeah. he is a problem. Yeah. He's a, he played tight end too. And he yeah, was, he's, like, no, he's a tight end. He's big. He's he, from. Uh, he was from Bishop Gorman too. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was uh, Tate Martell's teammate. Buddy. Yeah, he was. He looks nice, man. He's gonna be a player. Um, one thing I do. I mean, I do commemorate Miami. Like I give credit. Um, they played hard. Mm-hmm. They did. They didn't give. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. Um, I do respect that. Um, one last thing I'll talk about. The one thing that's disappointing and. I, I think this is, and call me old fashioned. I think this is a little bit of a problem. Is I think I, th- I wish referees would be a little more um, penalizing with taunting. I, I think it would help out a lot because, like, I see a lot of times, like a guy will catch a ball, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like the first thing he does is not go celebrate. It's like I'm gonna go get right in that guy's face and talk to him, right? And it's like I mean, whatever. At the end of the day, it's whatever way you prefer. I like if you're not allowed to stand over the guy and taunt him, like if you're clearly going out of your way to do it, going out of your way to like go get in his face. Like I, I like personally, I'm not a big fan of it. But then when like to me, that stuff leads to undisciplined penalties. And I just saw so many of those late hits, mm-hmm. um, you know, unsportsmanlike conducts. It just it was like it just it was, at the worst times, yeah. like kids just wanting to like not just make a play, but then I gotta I gotta get in your face and tell you about it. Right? Do you ever think do you ever think that they should move to maybe like kind of how they do sideline warnings? So like. Let's say there's some chirping going back and forth. The head official just comes on the mic. He's like, 
hey, this is a, this is a Tawny warning for both teams. Like, next time we see it, it's a flag. So I think like, that's fair. Because I feel like sometimes, like, there's too much of a gray area where, like, one team will chirp and then the other team chirps and there's a flag and you're kind of like, wait a minute, like, this escalated real, real quick. Where right. We, like, after a touchdown, you have no, you have no, like, you just scored a touchdown, you have nothing to say to the guy. Right, like there's six points on the board. I just feel like there's there's there there's still room in the sport for letting a guy know, like, hey, I'm gonna get the, I'm getting the better of you now, and I'm gonna continue to do it without necessarily going out of your way to do it. But like, you could still allow some of the chirpiness. I think that that's what makes the game beautiful. But then the official has the the wherewithal to keep the game in his control by being like, all right, this is my warning for both teams. Next time I see it, we're throwing the flag because I, I feel like what happens is one or two things. Officials let it go. So it only continues to, to continues to escalate during the game or they call it immediately to start the game. And then it's like, yo, wait a minute. Like, why are we so flag heavy right now? Like there's there's really no in between. And I feel like with with the the warning, it would be kind of like that. All right, we see it getting a little chippy. Boom, we put our foot down now. We're letting both y'all know. So, like, coaches, warn your boys. Like, tell your boys, be disciplined. Because you have no excuse now to be like, oh, he was he was quick on the flag to judge or something. It's like, no, we, we told you straight up. Yeah. And, like, there's a difference. There's a clear-cut difference between two guys talking trash and taunting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd agree. So like I'm cool with the talking trash. Like when Felipe Franks, um, him and that defense alignment, number ninety-four, when they got into it, like like I love that. Like that's an attitude. Yeah. But um yeah, like it just you know, they kind of going back and forth, but like I think there's a clear cut between like taunting and two guys having an argument. Um, Nonetheless, what do you expect from Florida and Miami? What I mean, what did you see? I I, I didn't think Florida was the eighth best team in America. I, d- I definitely don't think Florida was the best or the eighth best team um, in America. Um, I think they're closer to the fifteen to twenty range. Yeah, I'd say right. I mean, they can't get there. I, I would say I would say this right now on surface they don't look like the eighth best team in. In college football. Now, granted, we could watch the first seven play this weekend, and it may shake out to look a little bit different. And you might start looking at Miami and being like, "Okay, they're a little bit better team." But right now, I don't believe so. Um, I also, this is like my personal opinion. I don't think I think a loss, like it allows Miami to go back and retool some things, but. They showed me more than I expected, so I do think that they could make some noise in their side of the division and, and maybe fight for a spot to get back to Charlotte. Like I don't think that's far fetched. Yep, I, I would agree with that. I think the one thing that's that that gives me hope is is how hard they played. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if you're if you're a Miami fan, that's what you want to see in response to Manny Diaz being your coach. It's like, okay, at least for game one, it looks like the team's responding to him. Now, for for Manny, his his job is to make sure that he controls the discipline, so like his team's not picking up foolish penalties in crunch time, but also still allowed his team to play with a little edge. 
that makes them Miami. Yeah, they. I mean, at some point you have to win the game if you want to be, if you want to be quote unquote Miami. I agree. Um, well, they can't like beat you. So, I've 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 never been a big fan of that style of like that attitude. Um, I don't mind the attitude, like when like if I truck you, mm-hmm. and I'm on top of you and like letting the guy know. I don't mind that attitude, but I don't. I also don't need the whole like watch me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's not that's not that's not my style. But that's also not to say that I'm gonna be grumpy old man and nobody else can do that. But you gotta win games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I will like say you, you gotta win, guys. I have to I have to interrupt what we're doing right now to give you some breaking news. Um. LSU DB Kelvin Joseph has officially transferred to Kentucky. Hey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, like, he's like, that's huge. Like, that's huge. And, like, that's in the, like, we're really needing a secondary, like, help in the secondary. So, like, moving forward, like, that's, that's incredible for us. So, I hate to get off topic, but, like, that just got released. So, that's awesome. Putting that that's big there. news, man. Yeah, you know, I don't. We don't get a lot of like crazy great players, so I have to toot toot the horn when I can. Back to hey, what we were talking about. Toot the shit out of it, man. <laughs> Hawaii, Arizona. Honestly, like I'm gonna just keep it a buck. I had more fun watching this game than the Florida Miami one. Oh, I agree, man. Um, I love watching Miami f- play f- play football, mm-hmm. and shame on both of us for taking the under. <laughs> oh, on the on the Arizona uh, Hawaii, Ooh, yeah, boy. <laughs> I so for for people that are listening, Kevin and I watched this game together, and <laughs> there was a point in the second quarter where we were just like, "Oh, this was foolish. This was extremely foolish to take this under because you could see the the writing on the wall was there, and it was just it just kind of was a it was only time would tell." Um. But I, Kevin, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I think we have to start uh, this this game discussion by talking about Cedric Bird. Well, I think we. I honestly, I think we should we should probably say that Cedric Bird had a good game, and that uh, Cedric Bird uh, as is a wide receiver for Hawaii. And then we'll probably get to him when we uh, when we pass out tonight's pom poms. Fair enough, we'll do that. Um, also, what? I mean, just so you know, Hawaii's quarterback in this game <laughs> went twenty nine of forty one for three seventy eight and four picks, and got benched. He also threw four touchdowns. Now, yeah, no, I meant to say four. Yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah, but like he got four benched. Picks, but yeah. yeah, that's crazy. First game of the year, and. Homeboy Shevin, I think that's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Cordero, man, he came in and was making throw after throw. It's hey. like they just grow quarterbacks on trees in Hawaii. Listen, they they grow macadamias there. Your boy had two huge ones for that ball that he put for a touchdown over top of the linebacker and underneath the safety. Uh, to that had put them up what ten at the time, I believe. Yep. 
So that was incredible. Like to, to I mean to that's a great throw, however you slice it, but for to sit on the sideline for three quarters in the first game and literally step in and go five for seven, uh, 58 yards and a touchdown, like that's big. And that's like, you know, we talk about it all the time with our kids, but that's huge, like staying prepared, staying mentally ready. Like you talk about Tate Martell, like not wanting to compete or not necessarily wanting to keep compete, but not wanting to be a backup. So he just bounces. Like you never know what happens to when your chance comes along. But like this kid was ready to go. And like when his when his number was called, like he went in there and he balled out. You just love to see that. You just love to see it. So well, you know, at halftime we had 28-21. And really Arizona didn't even score till the second quarter. Yeah. Oh, it was a but they then, get dog walked. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll say this about Khalil Tate. Um, it took him a while to get going. But homeboy finished with twenty two for thirty nine with three sixty one and three touchdowns, and he rushed for he rushed for a hundred. So I mean, he's Khalil Tate's got to be better to win these games. I mean, mm-hmm. Arizona should never have lost. But I mean, I just watching him run down to the one yard line and and just come up that one yard short. Man, that's like that's like Hollywood ending. Yeah, I want to give and a shout out to uh, to number three on Hawaii. I I can't recall what his name was, and I don't want to necessarily give him a pom pom for this, but um, he's the one. So there was two people who made the tackle on Khalil Tate at the one, but number three, I don't know if he planned to do this or if it was instinctual or what, but he basically ripped. Khalil Tate's arm as he was tackling him, so Khalil Tate couldn't extend the ball at the one yard line. And I thought well, that I don't, that know, was just I don't know if you watched this. I don't know if you watched the Sky Cam, mm-hmm. but if you this was big on Twitter today. Number forty nine for Hawaii was a defensive end, and he rushes upfield, and he's the one that makes the tackle from behind to put to tackle him at the one. That's incredible. So he chases Khalil Tate on the pass drop and then runs him down at the one yard line. That's incredible. 40, 40 yards on the field. I mean, like if you're a coach though, like you, you clip that, that play and you like, I don't know, whatever tool they use, we'll say huddle. Cause that's what we use, but you put the fire flames around him and you highlight the star around him and you play that damn thing on loop, like all throughout the facility all week. And it's like, that effort is what gets us more wins this year. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, that's that's unbelievable effort. Um, I'm going to send you the clip. We're going to post it on uh, the Peace of Mind Twitter page. All right. Do you um, – obviously a good win for Hawaii. Um, is it – if you're Arizona, is it time to press the panic button already? Yo, Sumlin, dude. I'm. I, I said this. Um, I said this on Saturday night. Kevin Sumlin's already fired. Hmm. Kevin Sumlin's already fired. It's just when are they going to do it? Yeah. Or it, like he has to get his job. How many games does he have to win to to stay 
employed. I, honestly, I think with them is is if they get enough to look okay, then I think like that might do it for him mm-hmm. if he beats the right people. But I mean, I, <laughs> seven and five would have. I mean, like that. I don't know if that would be good enough. Yeah, it's it's tough to like if you're looking at their schedule, like you. Yeah, you really need to capitalize on some of those out-of-conference games. And yet, this one wasn't easy. And I think Hawaii will be a good team. But, man, like, do you really – if you're Kevin Sumlin, do you really, really like to uh, to do that, to win that game? Yeah. So, well, let's let's wrap this up. Let's, uh, let's end the episode. Again, this is a short episode because we only had the two games this week. But let's, uh, let's end the episode with um, our pom-poms. Yeah, for uh, AJ, I've got two to give out. I don't know if you've got two, but I've got two to give out as well. Um, I I do want to clarify for everybody listening. Pom poms are, I mean, they give out helmet stickers on College Game Day. That's one of our favorite shows. So a lot of what we implement to our shows between here and the Money Line episodes um, will be closely similar to College Game Day. But pom poms for us is peace of mind. It's just our initials, but we just want to give those out to people who had outstanding plays or did something um, that we thought was like pretty impressive. Um, for my first one, I touched on it earlier, but it's got to be uh, Cedric Bird. Like, come on, dog. He had 14 catches, 224 yards, and four touchdowns. Like, I, my my dog don't even need to go to class this week, fam. Just ice up and get ready for next Saturday because that's – that's going to be one of the more impressive stat lines you see all year, and that was week zero, like at my for my or for Hawaii. So, pom um, pom for Cedric Bird. Like, man, I I hope that I hope that Hawaii football coach doesn't hear this, doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> we'll send it to him. Hopefully, he, if he sends us some lays back, I'll have Justice clip it out. <laughs> That's a deal. <laughs> Who you got for your first one? My first one is uh, Jaron Williams, red for redshirt freshman quarterback from Miami. Uh, just real, real excited about the way he played, stay composed. Man, if I'm a quarterback, if I'm an offensive line, I love to block for that guy because you didn't see any attitude. Um, he's struggling. He knew he's going to get hit, rushed heavy after every single rep, after every drop back. Still finished the game 19 to 29, 214 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Um, had a couple fumbles, mm-hmm. but. I mean, just just gutty performance from him. So that's my pom pom number one. So number two for my pom pom. Um, I, I can't. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce his last name right, but Lucas Havrisky. Havrisky, the kicker for Arizona. Um, my dog trots out on the field. He ain't kicking nothing but extra points all game. Trots out on the field down ten. Under four minutes ago, booms one from like 38. They get a penalty. He has backup five yard. Booms one from 43. They get a penalty. He has to back up another five yard. Booms one from 48. They get a penalty. And then he finally finishes and hits the 53 yarder. Like, y'all made my man work so hard for them three points, and he boomed every single one of them. So uh, I thought that was pretty incredible. And also, I'm a huge negative person because I said he was missing 
two of the last three, and he hit all of them. Uh, so pom pom up to Lucas. That was I thought that was pretty dope. Does he have to go to class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you still got to go to class, bro. If y'all now, won the game and you hit a fifty three yarder, cool. You can stay out for two days, but nah, you got to go if you lose. You don't get to skip class if you lose. Also, I think what you said was hilarious. That after he kicked that last field goal, he should just go to instead of giving everybody a little pat on the helmet. You know, all those field goal team, a little pat on the helmet. He should just walk up to him, give the dull little fingers to everybody. Oh, you got to, dog. Like, you you, you SOBs tried to sabotage my whole operation up here. Now, if I missed it, y'all would have been pissed off at me. But I'm out here drilling them, and you dumbasses can't stay on side. Like, hold your water, fam. Why are you jumping? Oh, I would have been pissed. I just the raucous 30,000 people that was at Aloha Stadium on Saturday night. Just getting to them, man. Spam sandwiches going crazy. Well, my I'm gonna stick with that game. My last pom um, uh, pom award goes to my aforementioned man, Manly Williams, Hawaii senior defensive tackle. He's a guy that rushed Khalil Tate, and then just pure effort. You know, forty yards down the field was the ultimate difference in them winning the game and losing the game. That's incredible. Like, that's truly just incredible. Yeah, and so it looked, for all intents and purposes, that Khalil Tate was just going to pull it out of a a little rabbit out of the magical hat. But um, you you guys got to watch it on on Twitter, the video. If you you didn't catch it today, it was incredible. So always love to reward a guy for, especially the big uglies up up front. Those guys don't produce stats all that much. Mm -hmm. And – to have an effort play win you the game or seal the game for you is fantastic. So big pom-pom to my guy, Manly Williams. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Um, like we said, it's it's a little bit shorter than normal uh, just because we only had two games to really focus on. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, to, to recap uh, our first all-inclusive weekend with with all teams playing and uh we'll have a lot more pom-poms to give out a lot more games to talk about and we'll see you there um in the meantime please take a moment to rate review subscribe uh wherever you listen to podcasts uh we have a little uh we have a little machine that tells us 88 percent of our listeners are coming off of apple so we're gonna say <laughs> rate review subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, and and leave us a uh, a comment if you're on Spotify, we'd love to hear from you still. So if you find us on Instagram or Twitter at Peace of Mind six one five, we'd love to hear from you. Um, tune in, check out this episode, and we'll be back later this week to uh, give you a few money picks. Can't wait. Love y'all. Thanks for listening. That's it.